1: Radio Theater, starring Joan Fontaine and David Niven in Frenchman's Creek. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Reading from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Glancing through the almanac, I find that February 10th calls for a carnival in honor of the pirate Gasparillo one of our better-known buccaneers who plundered the shores of the Atlantic in a pursuit that has always fired our imagination and given us many of our most exciting legends. Tonight, in that tradition, we present a colorful saga of piracy and romance in Paramount Pictures' thrilling drama, Frenchman's Creek. And our stars are Joan Fontaine in her original screen role and that popular Scottish actor... David Niven. Our story takes us back to 17th century England, a period as colorful as the rich and dazzling costumes of its men and women. It's time for our play, and here's Act One of Frenchman's Creek, starring Joan Fontaine as Lady Donna and David Niven as the Frenchman. London, 1668. Lord Harrison column has just come home after a night at the gaming tables. Mounting the broad staircase, he stops suddenly. For so facing him is his wife, dressed for traveling. Donna, what the devil is this?
2: I'm leaving London, Harry, with the children. Really,
1: my dear, this is ridiculous. Is it? When you left the gaming tables tonight and rushed home... Why, everybody thought you... promised
2: me Lord Rockingham would not be there.
1: Oh, Donna, Rockingham's my closest friend.
2: I will not endure his familiarity any longer.
1: Fiddly dee. Rock doesn't mean a thing. Good heavens, Donna, he's not serious.
2: He's very serious as far as I'm concerned, and I will not put up with it any longer.
1: So you're leaving. And where do you think you'll go? I'm going to Navarone. Navarone? Well, we haven't been there for years. It's damp, moldy, full of ghosts.
2: Yes, it is full of ghosts, Harry. Ghosts of a happiness that's lost. I'm going to try to get it back. I've done with this stupid life we lead here and the company you choose to keep.
1: Do you think I'm going to come chasing down to Cornwall after you? You're wrong.
2: Should you wish to kiss the children goodbye, you'll find them waiting with their nurse in the coach.
1: Turn on. Welcome to Navran House, milady.
2: Thank you. When you met me at the gates, you told me your name is William. But... Just who
1: are you? Why, I am your steward, milady.
2: What happened to Barclay?
1: He was an old man, milady. It's two years since he's gone to his reward.
2: Well, I can't say I'm overly happy with your stewardship, William. This place smells like a tomb. There's dust everywhere.
1: But I was not aware of your coming, madam. I've been alone here for many months.
2: Well, then hire servants immediately. You will see that everything takes place as though the mistress of Navran House has never been away. My children, the nurse, and I plan to remain indefinitely.
1: It will be a pleasure, milady. Where are the children? In the garden with their nurse, madam, while you've been going through the house.
2: William, I noticed two strange things in my rooms upstairs. Strange? Yes. One is a portrait on the wall of a young girl.
1: Milady, that is your own portrait.
2: Yes. I think that I once looked like that.
1: lady, you still do.
2: I said two strange things. This is the other. This jar of tobacco. What was it doing in my room?
1: A jar of tobacco?
2: It's yours, isn't it?
1: I, I, I don't use tobacco, milady.
2: But if you've been here alone, and then... never mind. We'll forget about it. William, as we drew closer to Navran on our journey, I heard strange talk of this place. Talk of ghosts.
1: Ghosts? <laughs> a few days here, milady, and you'll learn it's gossip for sure. No ghosts.
2: But there is a strange feeling about it. And if... if...
1: Did you say something, milady?
2: No. William, okay. come in, William.
1: Good morning, my Did you rest well? Very well. No ghosts?
2: Well, if there were, they were most considerately quiet. William, the children and I have decided to have a picnic
1: today. I felt confident you would, milady. I've prepared a suitable luncheon basket.
2: Oh, thank you. We'll be in the wood near the chapel.
1: Yes, milady. Oh, uh, there's a visitor waiting downstairs. Visitor? Yes, your neighbor, milady, Lord Godolphin. Will you see him?
2: Mm, I'm afraid I'll have to. Tell the children I won't be long.
1: And I came over as soon as I heard you were at Navarone. Pay my respects. Oh,
2: I'm enchanted to see you, Lord Godolphin.
1: Harry's not with you.
2: No, I'm here alone with the children.
1: Pity, great pity. We need Harry's help. You've heard of our troubles here, of course.
2: Well, I've heard nothing.
1: Oh, really? Too remote down here, I suppose. Madam, we've been vexed by pirates at our wits' end. Why, only a week ago, Lord Eustick's home was sacked.
2: How distressing.
1: Distressing? It's an outrage. We complain to London, and what do we get? A few soldiers. No good at all. The squires must band together and deal with this thing themselves. But if
2: there's anything I can do to help.
1: Nothing, dear lady, except ask Harry to come down and help us fight this Frenchman. Frenchman? Yes. The French have made a habit of coming over the Cornwall ever, ever, since, ever since our the... own
2: Cornish pirates have gone, gone over to the I don't realize bus. how
1: serious this matter is. We're being robbed right and left. Our womenfolk in terror of their lives. Why? Why? <laughs> well, really, Madam, I. Uh, well, I. I think I must be getting home.
2: I'm sorry, the Lord forgive me. I shall write to Harry at once.
1: Thank you, dear lady.
2: Good day. William. My lady. I came to Navrin to be alone, William.
1: I understand. No more visitors. You shall make good your uh, escape. Escape?
2: You have an uncanny intuition, William. Where did you get it?
1: My late master. Much of my philosophy is borrowed from him. Why did you leave him? His life is such at the moment that my services would be of little use to him. He, uh, he travels.
2: Then he's a fugitive, too. People who travel usually are.
1: His life, if I may say so, is one continual escape. I, uh, think you and my master would have much in common, ladies and column. Shall I call the children now?
2: Please, Miss Prynne. The nurse will picnic with us. Look at them, madam. Both little ones fast asleep. <laughs> they've played so hard, Prince. Poor little things. The first real picnic they've ever known. Be time to go home soon. Shall I wake them? No, let them sleep. I think I'll go for a walk, Prince. On our way here, I thought I saw a creek. I never knew there was a creek on our estate. I should like to see it. So be careful, madam, please. Oh, don't worry, Prince. I won't be long.
1: It is. It is a creak. Yes, madame. Who are you? I cannot answer them, madame. Take your hands
2: off me. Let me go. Be quiet. Stop talking.
1: Scream now all you wish to, madame. If you ask me, all women should be gagged. Come now. The captain does not like to be kept waiting. <laughs> I found her at the creek, Captain. Since she seemed so anxious to discover us, I thought I'd bring her aboard ship. You may leave us alone now, Edmund. Well, madame, the gag has been removed. Nothing to say? Then I shall talk. It seems you have been spying on this ship.
2: I didn't even know this ship existed. On the contrary, it seems your men have been trespassing on my land.
1: My humble apologies. You see, madame, it is my habit to bring our ship into this creek. It is a heaven-sent hiding place, well hid by the wood... Yet deep enough for us to anchor in complete safety. What I had not expected was that the lady of the manor would visit me.
2: Was it by your orders that I was seized?
1: Have you been injured? No. And what are you complaining about?
2: Just what you propose to do with me.
1: Why nothing. Do you mind if I smoke?
2: <laughs> would it matter if I did? Wait a minute. That's tobacco.
1: A really excellent tobacco, madam. You will notice it. It was head. you. It was I. What?
2: The tobacco. It's the same tobacco that was in the jar in my bedroom.
1: Oh, how careless of William not to have removed it.
2: So you are the reason why William is at Navering. You are why all the servants have been sent away. While I've been in London, you've used my home, slept in my room.
1: Somehow, I was sure you wouldn't mind. You see, I consulted your portrait on the wall. My lady, I said very humbly, would you grant a weary Frenchman the courtesy of your room? Well? You bowed gracefully and gave me the freedom of the entire house.
2: Is that all you have to say?
1: At the moment, yes.
2: When may I leave? Of course. <laughs> Thank you. My children will be wondering what's happened to me.
3: <laughs>
2: These men on deck, they're, they're pirates.
1: Let us simply say that they follow where I lead, just like the seagulls flying up there. Always when I come here to this creek, the gulls flock in. Perhaps they too have a feeling for this ship. That's why I have named her La Mouette.
2: Lavaouette, the seagull.
1: Edmund will see you safely back where he finds you. Edmund? Oh, it won't be necessary. Please. And as a further courtesy, I must return your call. Oh? Uh, what is the correct hour? In the afternoon, I believe, and you offer me a dish. <laughs> oh,
2: no. A pirate comes by night, monsieur, knocking upon a window, and the lady of the manor, fearful for her safety, gives him
1: supper by candlelight. As you will, madame. I'll come by night.
2: You'll do no such thing.
1: We shall see, ladies and column. We shall see.
2: William I thought I told the servants to go to bed.
1: They are in bed, milady. I will watch for him.
2: So you know you no know he's coming here. Yes. How did you know?
1: Milady, When you returned from the picnic this afternoon? There was a something about your eyes, so alive. I said to myself, for well, who it has happened, they have met at last.
2: Why at last?
1: Because, Milady, I am a fatalist by nature. And have always known that sooner or later the meeting was bound to come about.
2: You think he really will come here tonight?
1: Oh, he will be here.
2: Oh, but it's, it's wrong, William. I'm I'm acting against the interests of my country. I I could be imprisoned for it.
1: Yes, my lady.
2: William, do you approve of your master's profession?
1: Let us say I do not disapprove. My master robs only people who can afford to be robbed, and most of what he takes, he gives away. Well, I gather he's not married. No, lady, piracy and marriage do not go together.
2: Oh, if I were a man, I too would find a ship and be a law unto myself. I'd be... Oh, good gracious, William, have we anything fit for him to eat?
1: Rest your mind, dear lady. When I went to the village to hire servants, I took the liberty of filling a basket.
2: You anticipated all this?
1: I uh, had premonitions, my lady. Oh. The supper will be much to his fancy.
2: Oh, you are incorrigible. Light all the candles, William. Bring out all the silver. Tonight we must do full justice to Navarre.
1: Yes, my lady. <laughs>
2: Was the supper satisfactory, monsieur?
1: It was so completely perfect, madame, that I do not understand.
2: No, it was all William's doing. He he prepared everything.
1: (laughs) I don't believe you. William never set such a table for me before, did you, William? No, sir. A cold chop, perhaps, on a chipped plate? Yes, sir. What brought you to Navarin?
2: Oh, perhaps I was tired of being Lady St. Column. Why? Well, why are you a pirate?
1: Why did you venture alone to the creek this morning?
2: Because of the uncertainty, because I... I wasn't sure what might happen.
1: That's why I'm a pirate.
2: Oh, yes, but
1: it's... No, buts. it's very simple. Piracy suits me. I come and I go as I please.
2: Couldn't you do as you please in any case?
1: Nope. Anyone who lives a normal life in this world of ours becomes a cog in a wheel, a unit in a machine, and to me that is intolerable. So I escape from such a world.
2: And the idea that piracy is wrong, that doesn't bother you?
1: Not in the least.
2: Well, even such a freedom... Doesn't that become a bore sometimes? On um,
1: the contrary. Piracy has constant problems which interest me profoundly. A successful pirate is much like a mathematician, a poet of precision. Yes, madame. I find it all very absorbing.
2: Someday they will hang you. Perhaps. Do you mind my asking you these questions?
1: Not at all. Let me anticipate one. What do we do when we stay at anchor in your creek? Become ashore... Gather information?
2: So that more Cornishmen may be robbed and more Cornish women go in fear of their lives or so. Lord Godolphin tells me.
1: The Cornish women flatter themselves. That's what I wanted to tell his lordship. Why didn't you?
2: Oh, because I hadn't the heart to shock him. But perhaps I shall on Friday afternoon. Oh? There was a message awaiting me when I returned home this afternoon. Lord and Lady Godolphin are arranging a gathering in my honor to renew acquaintances with my. What are you doing?
1: This. Oh, I'm making a sketch of your face. Do you mind? Not at all. You, um, you are here without your husband, madame? Why?
2: Because I choose to come without him.
1: And why did you marry him in the first place?
2: Because he once was a different man than he is now. Everything was different.
1: So now you try to escape?
2: (laughs) William told me you'd say that.
1: Then why don't you escape? Haven't I? I doubt it. Here. Here is the sketch. Do you like it?
2: No. No, I don't like it at all.
1: Well, it's true. I've caught you unaware, but I... I've sketched only what I have seen.
2: But I'm not like that.
1: I have drawn disillusionment, indifference, willfulness. A very different person from the lady of the portrait with whom I fell in love.
2: Fell in love?
1: Yes. With a strange, enchanting person who looked down at me from the wall of your bedroom. Lady St. Colum is not that person. I prefer Lady St. Column. So I tear up my sketch because I prefer the lady of the portrait. I've said to myself, she and no other... Can you hear the wind out there?
2: Are you sure that's just the wind?
1: Quite sure. When it blows from the east like that, my ship is weatherbound and I'm idle. But there are birds to watch and fish to catch and streams to be explored. All these are methods of escape, madam.
2: Birds to watch, fish to catch. (laughs) Do you suggest that is a way to make me happy?
1: Complete happiness is a rare thing. I do not believe it can ever be fully experienced alone. But sometimes it does happen that a man finds a woman who is the answer to all his searching dreams, and the two have understanding of each other from the lightest moment to the darkest mood. Go on. That's all I have to say, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for my supper, and oh, uh, my respects to Lord Godolphin and all your old neighbours when you see them on Friday. Good night, madame. night,
3: <laughs> Jurassic,
2: yes. But, Donna, dear, what a pity you must go home so soon. You've enchanted
1: us all. Go home? Who's going home?
2: Well, I must, my lord. I shall write Harry and tell him how kind you've
1: all been. But you can't leave now. Penrose wants to talk to you, Lord Eustick, too. Ladies in column, forgive a sober note, but are you acquainted with the creek that runs through your estate? Vaguely, Lord Eustick. We have no wish to alarm you, but a French pirate has been using the creek pirate. I must warn you, he's a type who'd have little respect for your person. And his men are, are desperate and savage. They are pirates, madam.
2: Oh, then I shall take every possible care of my household. Are they, do you think, cannibals too? I have two little children. Oh, no. Oh,
1: calm oh. yourself, oh. my dear. Calm yourself.
2: Perhaps the Frenchman has left our coast.
1: I wish we could think so. No. We shall hear from him again. But it will be for the last time. It will be, Lord Eustace. Yes, yes, madam. It will be my very great pleasure to hang him from the tallest gibbet in Cornwall.
2: Sir, you're very bloodthirsty.
1: And so would you be, madam, if you'd been robbed of all your possessions.
2: Oh, but think of what joy you will have replacing him.
1: I fear I consider the matter in a very different light. Take care, Lady Donna, and if you see this villain, fly to us at once.
2: Oh, I shall, Lord Godolphin, at once.
1: Have an enjoyable afternoon, my lady. Oh, quite as
2: dull as I'd anticipated,
1: William. It's just four o'clock. You won't be late. If they only knew back there that you left them to meet this villain of a Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we'll stop here, my lady. That path there off the road leads down to the creek. He will be waiting for you.
2: What story will you tell them at Naverin?
1: That your ladyship is staying to dine at Lord Godolphin.
2: You think me mad, William?
1: Not entirely sane, my
2: lady. <laughs> it's a lovely feeling, William.
1: So I have always understood.
2: I shall be in the avenue near Naverin at 10 o'clock.
1: At which time I shall drive you to the house as though you were just returning from Lord Godolphin's.
2: Why are you smiling?
1: I was not aware that my features were relaxed, my lady. You are a liar, William. Yes, my lady. The avenue near Naverin House at 10 o'clock. <laughs> You are very quiet. What are you thinking?
2: Of oh, what we've done these past hours: watched birds, caught fish, explored streams. And now,
1: Lady St column sits on the deck of a pirate ship, listens to a pirate singing, and looks out into the evening.
2: Do you really think that the disillusioned, indifferent, willful Lady St column has changed?
1: If there ever was such a woman, she exists no longer. Soon it will be time for you to go ashore.
2: And so, I must tell you. Tell me what? At Lord Godolphin's home this afternoon. He and his friends were gloating over the possibility of your capture.
1: No, they do not worry me.
2: You should be worried. Oh, Godolphin's a dunderhead, but he's persistent, and you stick a mean and obstinate look about him. They hope to hang you.
1: After all, something of a compliment.
2: Now you're laughing at me.
1: What do you want me to do?
2: Well, I, I want you to be careful.
1: Yes, yes, I've been idle too long. I've allowed this little creek to take hold of me. But now, Godolphin and his friends shall have a run for their money.
2: Another raid?
1: Yes. It,
2: it would be wiser to, to go back to Brittany.
1: Far wiser. It's too bad you're not a boy, Donna. You could sail with me.
2: Well, why do I have to be a boy to do that?
1: No, no, you're too delicate for a pirate oh, ship. Oh,
2: please, no, please, let me go just once.
1: You'd be cold and no, 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 I wouldn't. You'd be frightened to death. No. You'd be seasick. Seasick. How much will you wager i be seasick? What will you have by offer you to win?
2: Oh, my my earrings. You may have my ruby earrings. What did
1: you win? What would you demand of me?
2: Of you? Yes. A lock, a pair from Godolphin's wig.
1: You shall have the wig itself.
2: Oh, then you're not joking. You will take me with you on your next race I
1: could refuse you nothing, ma'am.
2: I wonder how I shall feel about it then. If this incredible feeling I have now will, will be gone like a dream. What feeling? You ask that when I've come willing, willingly aboard this ship.
1: Yet I'm imbecile enough to tell you... But now it's time for you to return to Navran's house.
2: Then it was just idle talk. Not taking me on the raid.
1: When the plans are made, William will let you know. Good night, Donna.
2: Good night, Frenchman.
1: Two of Frenchman's Creek, starring Joan Fontaine and David Niven, will continue in a moment.
3: From the roof
2: of the executive mansion, Dolly Madison, the President's lady, watched with horror as the Washington countryside was set ablaze by oncoming British troops. At first, Dolly refused to leave the White House until her husband returned, but finally fled when flames came within yards of her doorway. However, she took with her irreplaceable state documents, portraits, and silver that otherwise would have perished in the Holocaust. Another page in the White House story.
1: Here's Mr. Keeley at the microphone. We continue with Act Two of Frenchman's Creek, starring Joan Fontaine as Donna and David Niven as the Frenchman. Eager and excited, Donna has waited two days for word from the Frenchman. Now, in the dark hours of early morning, William rouses her, the raiders are ready to depart. But Lady St. Colin suddenly discovers that she is not.
2: What am I doing, William? Going on a pirate ship and and the children? What of the children?
1: I will take care of them, my lady. Have no fear.
2: But how will you explain my absence to the
1: household? Your ladyship is indisposed, a trifle feverish, and for the fear of infection, no one is to come into your room. You're a
2: born deceiver, William. Tell me, what time will we come back from the creek after the raid?
1: My master will wait till darkness, so as not to be seen.
2: Oh no, I can't go. I can't. The oh, lady. Oh, but it's too fantastic. I've been married eight years, William. I'm a mother of two children. I shall be 30 years old next month.
1: Three excellent reasons why you shall go.
2: Oh, it's not the slightest use using common sense with you, is there?
1: No, my lady. So let me suggest we're wasting precious time. The seagull is waiting for a new cabin boy.
3: I'm I'm ready, William.
1: Donna, are you awake, Donna?
3: Where
2: are we? What's happened?
1: We're at sea, madame, and you're in my cabin, where you've been sleeping these past four hours. Oh, never have I seen such a seasick human being.
2: Very well. You shall have my ruby earring, but I'm fine now. And and the raid. When when will the raid take place?
1: What a pirate you are. The raid occurred hours past. You slept through it all. Oh, no. Here, a present for you. Lord Godolphin's wig. Oh,
2: you've got it. Together with
1: most of his possessions. Oh, they chased us out to sea for a while, but the wind was all with us.
2: Oh, you do have the devil's own luck, don't you, Frenchman?
1: Always, just as you have the heart of a perfect cabin boy. Thank you. But not the stomach.
2: Oh, well, I I was too excited. Next time I shall be much calmer and not get sick. Next time? How how long will we be at
3: sea?
1: Why, do you want to go home?
2: No, I was just wondering... um, what are we going to do now?
1: Wait for evening. Till then, we can do as we please.
2: I'm hungry, Frenchman. Must you starve me?
1: Hurry, then. Meet me, aft, and you shall feast from Lord Godolphin's choicest place.
2: We're coming close to the land, aren't we? I can hear the
1: surf. Praise heaven for this good dark night.
2: This could be forever, as we wish. Tomorrow and
1: the next day. Say that you do wish it, Donna. Sail with me now and never return to Navarone. Never return? Yes. But only knowing well what it is that you do. Donna, what I have to offer will never compensate for what you will give up. Women will wander for a while and play at adventure. But in the end, instinct is too strong for them. and They must make their nests. Then... I would sail alone, and you would hate me.
3: What
2: is the answer, then, for us?
1: Come with me, and we will find it together.
2: But I... I'm... I'm planned. No,
1: no plans. Just come back. Come back to the creek in the morning, and we'll take the little boat and drift down the waters.
2: And so another day, and another and another. No past. No future. Only the present.
1: Donna, only the present. My lady. I'm here, William. Thank heaven you waited for me before coming to the house. William, what's wrong? Not the children. No, the children are fine. But late this afternoon, my lady, we had unexpected callers. Callers? Yes. Your husband and Lord Lockingham have come to Navrren House. William. What have you told them? That you've been ill. You were getting your first sleep in days, and under no conditions could you be disturbed. Till now, that seems to have satisfied your husband. And now? Now I must get you home and up the stairs unseen, as I can readily do. I suggest you change your attire and come down the stairs feeling quite recovered. Come, my lady, all will be all right. (laughs) My dear.
3: Harry,
2: what
1: a surprise. Well, you don't look ill. You are feeling better.
2: I'm very much better, thank you, Harry.
1: Well, I expected to find you a deaf door. Well, that fellow William wouldn't even let me see you. What kind of a servant is he, anyway?
2: The best servant I ever had.
1: Well, as long as he pleases you. Uh, Rockingham's here, Donna. I refuse to see him. Oh, please, Donna, not so loud. He's just outside. Eustace sent him word about that French pirate. We'll be catching the fellow now, and we're both here to lend a hand. I see. Not a second too soon, either. Why, that French dog stripped the estate clean as a bone this very day. Well, we'll Roxy, who's here? Well, it is you, my lady.
2: My lord.
1: Ah, so you've had a fever, Donna. Why, you don't appear very happy to see me.
2: Why should I?
1: Because we propose to catch the pirate who seems to be causing you all so much trouble. They say he even visits our creek here.
2: he must do it at night, then, when I'm asleep.
1: Yes, possibly he does. How really ideal the creek would be for a pirate. I almost wish I were the fellow myself, Harry, knowing the house to be without protection and the lady of the manor so lovely in the flush of her fever.
2: But you're not a pirate, my lord Rockingham. You're merely an unscrupulous person whom I continue to detest.
1: <laughs> Donna, please. Oh, by the way, my dear, we're receiving the gentlemen tonight for supper.
2: What gentleman?
1: Well, Rashleigh, Eustace, Penrose, half a dozen others. Godolphin, if you can get away.
2: If. Lord Godolphin can get away?
1: Well, surely you knew his wife was anticipating an heir.
2: Oh, of course. Uh, please excuse me now. I must see to the children. And then, since we'll be entertaining, there are instructions to give
1: William. Caution, dear Donna. Remember you've been ill.
2: And they'll all be here tonight, William. Making plans for the Frenchman's capture. But it will be too late. The seagull will have sailed.
1: No, milady. She will not have sailed. William. She's grounded in the creek, milady, with the leak below the water line. Even if they can repair her, they dare not leave till darkness. The tide is not full till after midnight.
2: Then warn your master, William, without fail.
1: It will not be easy, madam. For some reason, Lord Rockingham watches me like a hawk. But warn him I shall. Can you...
2: Our guests will be arriving during the afternoon. It will be my pleasure to keep them absorbed. At least until after midnight. Thank you, Thank you, milady.
1: Quiet, oh, well, gentlemen Please, your attention Another toast, Lord Godolphin I would prefer it so indeed, dear lady Your wine is excellent yes, But if you ask me, I think we've had enough oh. wine
2: Nonsense, your glass, my lord Tell me, are you sure that you should have left your dear
1: wife tonight? Brave girl, she insists that I come Oh, when I lay hands upon that Frenchman, raiding my home with my wife in her condition. (laughs) Yes, gentlemen, it's high time we get down to business. But the evening's early, yes. Dalton's right, Harry. We're trapping a pirate tonight.
2: I'd still like to know how, gentlemen.
1: Rockingham's plan is sure to get it. We've men posted on the beaches. We've boats in readiness. And the Frenchman's ship is hiding in the creek. So tonight, as she comes out on the tide, we'll be on hand to seize her.
2: But if he's not hiding in the creek... Oh, oh, oh
1: he's there, all right. He's... <laughs> what was that? Oh, someone at the door. Someone late for supper. Well, let's open up some more wine. Ah, but who would it be? We're all here. We expect no one else. Well, someone open the door. William. William, where is that him? impudent fellow? William. William seems to have disappeared. All right. Anyone. Dickon, open the door. Jeffrey. Evans. Your servants seem to have all disappeared. Well, one of you? Where are you? Oh. Don't understand. What orders did you give your servants? Send them after oh, to the Fellows must be in the kitchen. We give them another call, Rock, while I go to the door. It's ridiculously. Don't waste your time, Mr. Collins. Feel... Oh, oh, who the, the devil are you? It's the pirate. It's the Frenchman. Since no one would answer the door, I made so bold as to open it myself. Well, seize him! What are we waiting for? Before you try that, look around, all of you. What? Oh, yes. What is all this? My collaborators suddenly stand before you at every doorway, every window. Even on the balcony. Pray resume your chairs, gentlemen.
0: William. William.
1: Forgive me, Sir Harry. I have been a most negligent steward. How true it is that no man can serve two masters. As for your other servants, Sir Harry, they are tied up in the pantry. Gentlemen, I will not keep you long. As for her ladyship, she may go if she pleases. But first, I must have the rubies she is wearing in her ears. Oh, are you Thank you. You see, I made a wager about them with my cabin boy.
2: Is that all?
1: If the ladies in column would... Uh, spare me her pendant also. I would have little more excuse for piracy.
2: How can I refuse? Here.
1: Merci, madame. I, uh, I trust you have recovered from your fever?
2: I thought so, Frenchman, but your presence here will undoubtedly bring it on again.
1: My cabin boy, too, suffers from fever, but the sea air does wonders for him. He ought to try it. William, Relieve the gentlemen of their weapons and purses. You will pay for this, you blasted it, Come. Possibly. In the meantime, it is you who are paying. Come, gentlemen, disgorps. Discorps. Fall the confounded cheek. I am returning at once to the ship, gentlemen. I do not want you too close upon my heels. Your soldiers in the wood are inconvenienced enough. Therefore, I must ask you to allow my men to escort you upstairs and uh, lock you in. Edmund, okay. Paul, yeah, No, by thunder, no. You've made game of us long enough. I'm sorry, I must insist. Ladies and column, would you be good enough to go into the salon? Why, you? You? Au revoir, monsieur. Her ladyship and I will now discuss the affairs of the day.
2: Why are you so reckless? Why did you
1: come here? Because I'd not seen you for so many hours. The gentlemen are being cared for, monsieur. Thank you, William. When our crew departs, you go to the cottage of your friend, the Tregarth Cottage. Remain there awaiting her ladyship's orders until all danger is past. I understand, monsieur. And you... This morning, when William brought me the news that you were alone here no longer, I realized that our make-believe was over and that the creek was our haven no more. My ship must sail, Donna, and although she will be free, I will remain a captive. I am bound to you as you are bound to me. All that you feel,
2: I feel. Every thought, every wish. It's too late. There's nothing we can do. You told me so yourself last
1: night. Yes. When we were together. And the morning was many hours away. I love you, Donna. What is the answer? Always there must be an answer. Oh, you're right, of course. The answer is still the same. You are Donna St Collum, the wife of an English baronet, mother of two children. And I, I am an outlaw. If there is an answer, Donna, you must make it, not I. I will be off the beach at Culverack at sunrise. If you are there, I shall find you. Wait! The pendant I took from you. I'm leaving it here. Make your choice, Donna.
2: Who's there? Who is it?
1: Just an eavesdropper, Lady Donna. Rockingham. I see that your jewels have been returned. What did you give for them, may I ask?
2: You're very serious, Rockingham. I should have thought this evening's jest would have amused you.
1: Oh, you're right. It has amused me. And when I found that the jesters had bungled my ropes and I was able to squirm loose and get through the window, I was prodigiously amused.
2: You might have freed Harry and the others.
1: Oh, but I have. They slipped out very quietly through the window on the heels of the pirate jesters. That, too, I find amusing.
2: Why didn't you join them?
1: Because there's one thing that does not amuse me that Donovan Cullen should look at the leader of the jesters in the way that she did. In a way that could mean only one thing, that she loves him. And so? And so I have come to understand much that has puzzled me since I've arrived. That servant of yours, those walks in the woods that I'm told you so often take, that elusive look in your eyes that I've never seen before. Yes, elusive to me, to Harry, to all but one man. And I've seen that one man tonight. Well, do you deny it?
2: To you, I deny nothing.
1: You know, of course, that you could be hanged for this should the truth come out. How would you like Newgate, my dear Donna? The stench, the heat, the filth, and at last a rope around your beautiful neck.
2: All this, my dear Rockingham, because you imagine I smiled at a pirate who asked for my jewels? You
1: lie. You smiled at a pirate, but not because he asked for your jewels.
2: Very well, then. Tell your story to Godolphin. Do you stick to Harry even... They will say that you are
1: mad. Possibly, with your Frenchman on the high seas and you and Never in Nevern House. But suppose they're catching this Frenchman at the very moment, huh? Suppose we play with them a little, as they used to play with pirates, with you looking on. Oh, I think you'd give yourself away.
2: It amuses you to be dramatic, but the days of the rack and the thumbscrew are over. Ah,
1: yeah, but pirates still are hanged, my dear, drawn and quartered, and with them their accomplices.
2: Oh, well, then get the gentlemen, get the soldiers. And you can hang us both side by side from the same tree.
1: Yes, you'd suffer that, wouldn't you, and be glad. Because at last you've had the love you've wanted all your life. Isn't that true?
2: Yes, it is true.
1: I could kill you for saying that. If you hadn't left London and come down here, it would have been me instead of him.
2: (laughs) No, never.
1: How did he hold you in his arms? Like this? How did he kiss you, Donna? Like this? Let me go. Did he...
2: You're out of your mind. You're drunk. You're sucking him. Please, please.
1: I am out of my mind. Because I want you more than I've wanted anything in this. Put that knife down, Donna, put it down.
2: Touch me again, and I'll kill you. I'll kill you.
1: Put down that knife.
2: Get away. Get. Ah!
1: Rock? Are you here, Rock? Come on, fire with Rock!
2: She's dead. She's dead.
1: Donna, What happened? She's dead. The Frenchman. He must have come back here and killed him. But, but you were here, too.
2: He, he gave me back my jewels, and then he left.
1: He must have come back. He'll pay for this, I promise you. We've got him at last. What are you saying? The Frenchman. His ship's gone and the rest of the crew, but we've got him. Lisa, he hurt? He'll hang without a scratch on him. He'll know what it feels like.
2: Where are they taking him?
1: Godolphin has him in his keep. He'll hang in the morning at daybreak. Daybreak? If they don't burn him alive when they've found out he killed Rock...
2: No, Harry. I killed Rockingham. Donna. I killed him. I had to. You're just kidding, no. I warned you to keep him away from me. When he found he couldn't have me, he he hated me. He wanted to kill me, and he took hold of me.
1: He, he... Rock. Oh, Donna. Forgive me, darling.
2: No, it's too late, Harry.
1: Donna, I beg you, it's been my fault.
2: Donna. I'm going to my room, Harry.
1: And then I'm leaving. But the children. You can't leave the children, too the children.
2: Whatever it is I decide to do, you'll know by morning...
1: to be taking a walk, but his prime object is to accomplish a drop. He is an espionage agent, and somewhere along the way he will deposit money or valuable information. Soon afterwards, another agent or informant will walk to the same spot and pick it up. The drop is routine. Getting the information is more difficult, but the agent's job is made easy when security regulations are ignored. The outcome of wars and the course of world history has changed because people who should have known better were careless. Act to your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Our curtain rises on Act Three of Frenchman's Creek, starring Joan Fontaine as Donna and David Niven as the Frenchman. It's long past midnight now. For an hour, Donna has sat motionless in the darkness of her room. Then suddenly, she slips away from Navrin house. First, there is a call to make on William at the Trager's cottage. Milady, what are you doing here? How did you get to me? Your husband? As far as
2: he knows, I'm still in my room. William, he's been captured, your master.
1: Yes, Milady.
2: We have much time. They plan to hang him at daybreak.
1: Tregar has told me. There,
2: there must be a way, some way to help him. I, I came here to tell you that I'm going to see Lord Godolphin.
1: At this hour?
2: His wife is expecting a child. He will still be up. Somehow... Godolphin must take me to his jailhouse, which shouldn't prove difficult. His lordship's a fool.
1: And then, lady.
2: And then I don't know. Best wait for me, William. Your master will have need of you before long.
1: How good of you to come, Lady Donna. But I assure you there's n- n- no need to be concerned for my wife. I'm c- c- quite calm myself, as you can see. The doctor is here, Lord Godolphin? Uh, Dr. Williams, uh, Yes. Sent for him an hour ago.
2: Oh, I'm so relieved. I came in hopes there'd be something I could do.
1: Oh, nothing at all, dear lady. Nothing at all. You are
2: quite overwrought, my lord. I, I wish I could distract you. Oh, oh, uh, on my way here, I, I passed your jailhouse. Uh, is that where the uh, Frenchman is imprisoned?
1: Behind Stout bars, madam. With two jailers in attendance. It was I, you know, who helped disarm the scoundrel.
2: Oh, how courageous have you... It shall make a great stir at court, Lord Godolphin.
1: Oh, uh, you flatter me, Lady Donna. Know what the fellow does? Spends his time drawing birds on a sheet of paper. Fellas <laughs> mad, of course. Soon
2: I shall return to London. It's how pleased His Majesty would be if I had some souvenir of the Frenchman to show him. I do think he would give me one of his drawings.
1: Easiest thing in the world. Has them scattered all over his cell.
2: Oh, this night's been so confused, I... I can't even recall his appearance except that he's extremely large and appallingly ugly.
1: Well, not as large as a man as myself, madam. But you shall see him at dawn, of course, when we hang him.
2: Ah, oh, but but that is a spectacle, not an interview.
1: You'd like to see him now?
2: Well, a woman's curiosity, my lord. Could you indulge it?
1: Why, by all means, dear child, by all means. Your cloak my lady. We'll call on the wretch immediately. <laughs> Open up, Zachariah, open up. The jailer, my lady. I've promised Ladies and Column a view of the prisoner, Zachariah. Where's the other guard? you'd yeah, suffer, me lord. This way, please. The Frenchman still passes the time drawing pictures. <laughs> You'll find our hangman, too, is an artist. Ladies and Column wishes one of his sketches. A memento of a most terrifying night. Uh, this is the cell, me lady. Stand up, Frenchman. Ladies and Column wishes to have one of your drawings. Ladies St Column is very welcome. I am uh, inclined to draw birds, madam.
2: This sketch here, this is a seagull?
1: Uh, yes, madam, uh, a seagull. <laughs> Looks more like a chicken to me.
2: Well, I don't think you've given him full plumage, Frenchman.
1: Oh, the drawing is unfinished, madame. This um, particular seagull lost one of her feathers in flight. If you know anything about the species, you will recall the seldom venture far out to sea. This one, for instance, is probably only ten miles from the coast at the present time.
2: You French call the gull La Mouette, do you not?
1: Indeed. And this particular Mouette, I think she will put about and return.
2: Searching for the feather she has lost.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Who ever heard of a seagull picking up its feathers? Well, dear lady, have you made a choice of the drawings? This is a very nice-looking bird. Oh,
2: yes, but I, I rather like the heron, but uh, well, I suppose you prefer the stork.
1: Stork? That reminds me, my wife. I thought I'd be right
2: back. Oh, well, I'm so sorry, my lord, but I, I just
1: can't seem to decide. Oh, I really must get back to her. Here, unlock the door, Jailer. Yes, my lord. My lady hasn't made up her mind. Remain here with her. Oh,
2: thank you, my lord. And do remind Dr. Williams that he has a heavy responsibility. I will, madam.
1: I certainly will. Ah, oh,
2: scribbler. His lordship is very worried, Zachariah, but oh, there's really no need of it. Dr. Williams is a most capable physician.
1: So they say, Milady.
2: Then he's well known hereabouts?
1: His fees are well known, Milady, but I wouldn't know him if I saw him, though. Ah,
2: you too are a married man, Zachariah.
1: Oh, indeed, my lady. And
2: you have children, naturally.
1: <laughs> naturally, my lady. Thirteen. And another one expected. We don't want to be unlucky. Mm Zachariah, you are a remarkable man. And uh, how is your wife doing? Not as good as I could wish, Frenchman.
2: Oh, but then she must have Dr. Williams, too.
1: But I'm a poor man, Oh, oh, but
2: I know Dr. Williams quite well, and I've never found him unreasonable. He's a a fat, jolly man, not at all medical-looking. One might easily mistake him for, well, for a gentleman's body servant. Suppose I ask him to see you when he can spare a moment from Lady Godolphin's
1: bedside. Oh, lady, if you would be so gracious.
2: Oh, it's nothing, and I'm sure you two will come to terms. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't mention the fee at all. Just let things take their own course.
1: I will, lady, and I'm obliged to you, I'm sure.
2: And um, now, Zachariah, I think I will take this drawing... And if you will see me out of here.
1: Of course, madam. This way, please. The drawing of the seagull.
2: I will be back soon with William.
1: William, of course.
2: Coming, my lady? I'm coming. William shall become Dr. Williams if all goes well.
1: Donna, no, no, you can't. It's impossible. Perhaps,
2: but we shall see. Not of another word now.
1: As you wish. Au revoir, ladies and columns. And good luck.
2: William, you're sure you understand.
1: Quite, milady. I'm not William. I'm Dr. Williams. Yes, I understand, but I can't say I hold much hope. And you, milady, dressed like a boy, it's most indelicate.
2: Well, if you can pass as a doctor, I can pass as a groom.
1: Yes, milady. Why were there no guards to stop us as we came in the estate?
2: They're all at the house. Godolphin's heir is about to make his appearance. Ready, William?
1: Ready as I'll ever be, milady.
2: Then there's the door to the jailhouse. I'll be waiting here in the shadows.
1: Who is there? Uh, Dr. Williams. Come inside, sir. Come in. Lady St. column tells me you two are about to become a father again. Uh, if all goes well, sir, yes. What was it of the man at home, sir? A boy. And uh, who are you? Oh, that's Peter, sir, the other jailer. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, it was a boy, all right. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, then his lordship has his heir. Uh, what was the boy's weight, if I might ask, sir? Oh, uh, the weight? Uh, oh, yes, yes. the weight. Well, let me see. The um, weight was uh, oh, about uh, three or four pounds. You call that a boy? That's no bigger than a shrimp. <laughs> I was jesting, of course. <laughs> I should have said 13 or 14 pounds. And now, uh, about your good wife. Uh, the lady who was here so has great confidence in you and I in her. Yes, Zachariah, that lady is worth 20 Lady Godolphins, if I'm not mistaken. And between you and me, sir, that Frenchman down there is a better man than some who intend to hang him. Really? I am most interested to meet that man, after what I've heard. Most desperate person... He's sleeping now, I suppose. Sleeping? Bless you, no, sir. He just sits there smiling, smoking, and covering sheets of paper with birds. It's irregular, sir, but uh, if you've a mind to see him, come along. Thank you, Zachariah. Afterwards, I'll be pleased to prescribe for your wife, and without fee. Thank you, Doctor. Indeed, sir. You're not the man we took you for. (laughs) Indeed, I am not. Uh, We'll be right back, Peter. All right. Who is it?
2: Dr. Williams in there.
1: What do you want with him?
2: Uh, they said word from the house. Uh, her ladyship's been taken worse. Who are you? Uh, Dr. Williams' room, sir.
1: Ah, come in, then. I'll fetch him. You shouldn't wonder. Thirteen or fourteen pounds. Dr. Williams, sir. Duck Rich? Here. Who blew out the candles down there? Zachariah, Dr. Williams Up with your hands, Peter He said up with your hands Zachariah I have just prescribed a mild sleeping potion for Zachariah With the butt of this pistol Into the cell you go, Mr. Peter And you will understand the necessity of this gag Take his keys, Dr. Williams I've got them Hurry now, please Boy, where are you?
2: I'm here, Doctor. Donna.
1: Donna, you all right?
2: When you're really free, I will be.
1: She's right. It's a long way yet to your ship.
2: Quickly, both of you. And knock the door, William.
1: There's the gate. We'll be on the highway in no time. That coach is coming from the courtyard. Careful.
2: It's Dr. William's coach.
1: Oh, well, in that event. Stop your coach, driver. Stop. <laughs> I must talk to your master. Who stops my coach? What do you want? Did you give his lordship an air, sir? And uh, is he pleased? Please, my foot. It's twin girls. I want my supper. Take your hands away. Into the coach, William. What? Yes, monsieur. Oh, permit me. Dr. Williams, meet Dr. Williams. (laughs) We've decided to travel with you. Coachman? Aye, sir. How good is your eyesight? Oh, excellent, sir. Then regard what I hold in my hand. In your hand? Oh, don't shoot, sir. I'll get down. I'll get down. A man of excellent vision. You'll ride with me, groom. Up you go.
2: And now where,
1: Frenchman? A pause on the road while we persuade Dr. Williams to vacate his coach, and then to the beach at Coverack.
2: You said we'd meet at sunrise, didn't you?
1: And your answer?
2: You'll find it there. The beach at Coverack at sunrise. La Mouette.
1: Yes, Donna. The gull returns for her lost feather. La Mouette keeps her rendezvous. See? They've lowered a boat. They're coming in for us.
2: And you will be free again. You will be safe.
1: If the breeze is steady, I will see Brittany tonight and home. There's a house there in Finistere, which means the land's end. It's on a jagged piece of rock that runs out into the Atlantic. Your house and mine. Donna... You turned for me. Donna.
2: How? How can I tell you? Tell me what. Last night, after you left, as I sat alone in my room, my little boy awoke. He had a bad dream. He was crying. And then he came to me. He mother not at And I knew then that a man may be free if it all costs he will. But a woman can only escape for a night and a day.
1: Then and, and the answer is still the same. I love you.
2: I shall always
1: love you. Donna, Donna, you belong to me. Why can't we have our happiness?
2: I shall be happy thinking of you until I die.
1: The boat is beached, monsieur. Come. Donna. Your little boy. Someday, your little boy may follow the sea, too. If he does... Tell him of La Mouette and of a pirate who escaped. A pirate who loved the sea more than anything in the world. Until he found you. I will tell him. Goodbye, Donna.
2: Goodbye, Frenchman.
1: now to your producer, William Keeley. As they come down stage for a curtain call, the spotlight falls on our stars again. Joan Fontaine and David Niven. Joan, we're happy we caught you before you set off on your Caribbean cruise.
2: I wouldn't have missed being here tonight, Bill, though I am looking forward to a vacation
1: as soon as I finish my current picture. You have somewhat the same plans, haven't you, David? Yes, Bill. On my next vacation, I'm off to England for a spell. Well, this time, please don't stay away so long.
2: Oh, I should say not. Six years is a long time to be away from Hollywood, David. How did it look to you when you got back?
1: Wonderful. That's all I can say, Joan. Did it seem much different to you, David? Oh, about the only thing that stayed the same is the La top, tar pit. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think I'd be worried if I'd been away so long. It's awfully easy to be forgotten. Oh, you're too
1: modest, Joan. I don't think you'd ever be forgotten. No, you don't have to worry about that. Why, first time I walked into a restaurant after getting back, a woman cornered me and said... I've always wanted to get your autograph. Well, that must have been very reassuring. Yes, and I wrote it very, very carefully for her, and she said thank you so much, Mr. Rathbone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: David
2: and I saw a lot of each other at Paramount, but this is the first time we've worked together.
1: And not the last, I hope. Good night. Good night, Good night and many, many thanks. This is William Keeley, saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. Third in our cast tonight were Alan Reed as William, Gerald Moore as Rockingham, Tom Collins as Harry, Keith Hitchcock as Godolphin, and Charles Seal, Raymond Lawrence, Jane Novello, Norman Field, and Ann Stone. Our music was directed by Louis Silver. and Forces Radio and Television Service.